Chapter Twenty Nine of the Sorcery Club by Elliot O'Donnell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Twenty Nine: The End and the Beyond. It took Lillian Rosenberg some time to make up her mind. It's extraordinary, she said to herself. How fond I am of Shiel! I used to think it an impossibility for me to be really fond of anyone. The question is, however, am I sufficiently in love with him to give him up to that soft little cat, Gladys Martin? If it weren't for this illness, if I could only persuade myself that he wasn't as ill as Miss whatever her name is said, I shouldn't think twice. I should let things be. But as I feel surely he is really ill, dangerously ill, and the only chance of his recovery lies in the possibility of his marrying martin i must deliberate shall i or shall i not if it were any other woman i shouldn't so much mind but gladys martin i can't endure her there is one hope however namely that if he marries her he will soon tire of her and-and come to me what a tremendous score off her that would be but no i wouldn't do that because because well there just like my infernal luck i love him could i marry him i wonder even if there were no gladys martin it is doubtful yet i believe i could but what is the good of conceiving impossibilities there is a gladys martin and i can never have shield the only question i have to settle is shall she have him shall i marry kelson so that martin can marry shiel lilian rosenberg turned this question over in her mind for a whole day and night sometimes arriving at one decision sometimes at another in the end very elaborately dressed and looking daintier than she had ever done in her life she waylaid kelson and asked him to have tea with her any pretty face accentuated by all the allurements of a large mushroom hat and hobble skirt was enough for kelson but when that face belonged to the one girl for whom above all other girls he had a colossal weakness he simply could not feast his eyes enough on it have tea with you of course i will he said but we must be careful hamar is about if you walk on up the haymarket i'll follow in a taxi and pick you up directly i get to a safe distance i see you are as much in awe of mr hamar as ever lilian rosenberg laughed i'm not i've found him out he's all talk but do as you will get your taxi and i'll walk on we'll have tea in my new flat kelson was so delighted he hardly knew if he stood on his head or his heels you are prettier than ever he said as the taxi door shut and they sped away i declare there seems to be no limit to your beauty only because you're partial she said i shall grow ugly one day perhaps soon with a savage energy she set to work to completely overcome him with a languishing expression in her eyes eyes which she made use of mercilessly without giving him a moment's respite he watched his whole being vibrate with love and adoration they had hardly entered the drawing-room of her flat when he threw himself at her feet and poured forth his worship of her in the most extravagant phrases look here mr kelson she said at length withdrawing the hand it seemed as if he would never leave off kissing 
this is all very well but i dare say you make love to countless other girls in the same fashion how can i tell if you are really serious don't i look as if i am he cried one can never judge correctly by looks she replied they are terribly deceptive you are very emphatic in your avowals of love but you say nothing about marriage then you do care for me jerusalem how happy i should be if only i thought that think it then lilian rosenberg said and let us come to an understanding can you afford to keep a wife keep her as i should expect to be kept plenty of new dresses jewellery theatres balls motors ascot henley cows i reckon i could do all that kelson replied i've just over a hundred and fifty thousand pounds in the bank and with this cure business i'm taking on an average ten thousand per week i would settle a hundred thousand on you and make you a handsome allowance a thousand a week more if you wanted it well lilian rosenberg said after a slight pause during which kelson had again seized her hand and was kissing it convulsively to quote one of your americanisms i reckon i'll fix up with you on one condition however and that kelson murmured still kissing her feverishly that we marry a week to-day kelson dropped her hand as if he had been shot we can't he replied the compact oh damn the compact lilian rosenberg said coolly you marry me then or not at all you are joking you know what the compact means i know what you think it means for my own part i don't see that you have the slightest reason to fear the unknown cannot really harm you all you have to do is to turn religious anyhow you must risk it that is to say if you want me it will lead to a quarrel with hamar kelson said desperately the firm will dissolve and i shan't get a cent more money i'll be content with what you have in the bank now we can live on the interest of fifty thousand the hundred thousand you will of course settle on me at once he was silent she taunted him she ridiculed him she at last lost her temper with him whereupon he succumbed the marriage should take place at a registry office within the week there'll be no time for a trousseau he said oh hang the trousseau she said i shall have the hundred thousand pounds and now for a word of advice be sure that you do not let hamar get any inkling of our approaching marriage and be most careful to avoid doing anything that might arouse his suspicions it isn't that i'm afraid of him but i don't want rows i'm sick to death of them you can rely on me to be careful darling kelson said kissing her on the lips i'll be discretion itself and so he meant to be all the same as is the case with every lover every lover worthy of the name lover who loves with all the full ripe vigour of genuine passion his heart played havoc with his head and he was blind to everything save visions of his beloved in other circumstances this would not have mattered very much but with hamar's lynx eyes continually watching him it was certain to lead to disaster ed hamar said to curtis one day matt's been getting into mischief i know the symptoms well he can't look me in the face and every now and then when he fancies my attention is attracted elsewhere i catch him peeping furtively at me as if he were frightened out of his life i should ferret out some secret it would be deplorable if now that we have got so near the end of the compact we should be held up by some idiotic blunder some nonsensical love affair of his 
I wonder whether it's Rosenberg or some other girl. Will you find out? How can I? Curtis growled. I'm not his keeper. I know that, Hamar said. Come, be reasonable. You want to be a Croesus, so that you can eat and drink your head off, don't you? Well, you will. You will be one of the three wealthiest men in the world. You will have the world at your feet, if only you stick to me for the next seven months, till we have passed the seventh stage. If you don't, if either you or Matt deliberately quarrel with me or marry, then, as I've dinned into your ears a thousand times, the compact will be broken, and, not only that, but some frightful catastrophe will wipe us off. Now will you do what I ask? Come, a dinner with me, every night this week at the Piccadilly, champagne and no vegetables. All right, Curtis said sulkily. For the good of the cause, I suppose I must, but I hate spying. Two nights later, in a private room at the Piccadilly, after dinner, when the champagne and liqueurs had got into Curtis's head, and he was leaning back in his chair, smiling and silly, Hamar suddenly said, "'Ed, you remember what I told you about watching Kelson? Have you discovered anything?' "'Supposing I have,' Curtis replied. "'Supposing I haven't. Watch then.' ah but i know you have hamar said striving to hide his eagerness come tell me another liqueur i'll square it with the unknown it won't hurt you won't it curtis gurgled won't it i'll tell you everything no nothing i mean but hamar when once he had smelt a rat was not easily put off he coaxed and coaxed and eventually succeeded leonge Curtis said with a sudden burst of drunken confidence. Leonge, it's worse than either you or I suspected. I caught them alone this morning in my office. Them? Rosenberg and Matt? Yes, of course, Shilly. I told Matt I was going out. He thought I had, so into the room I come quite unsuspected, unobserved. She was sitting on his knees, cuddling, and he was putting a ring on her finger. Four days more, darling, says he, and we are married. Jerusalem! Damn the compact, and damn Shamar! Hamar doesn't suspect, does he, Rosenberg says. Not a bit, not in the slightest, old Matt replies why it is i who am brave now then he kisses her and fearing they would detect my presence i slips quietly out will you swear this is true leon said his voice trembling with excitement i'll swear it curtis answered but you look crush what's the matter leon god what's the matter an hour later, as Kelson was rising from his chair in front of the fire to gaze for the hundredth time that evening into the eyes of Lillian Rosenberg's portrait on the mantel-shelf, the door of his room flew open and in staggered Curtis, white, wet, and bloated. "'Great heavens!' Kelson cried. "'What the deuce have you been doing to yourself? You look a perfect devil.' "'I am one,' Curtis groaned. "'I am one, Matt. I've given your show away.' my show away why what the deuce do you mean in a string of broken sentences curtis explained what had happened i'm damn sorry matt old man he pleaded 
it was the drink that did it i didn't know what i was saying till it was too late till i saw leon's face and that cleared my brain brought me to myself it was hellish i remember the moment i mentioned the word marriage he sprang up from his chair and as he hurried out i heard him mutter i'll go straight to her i'll matt old man he meant mischief i'm certain of it come with me to her flat for god's sake come and catching hold of kelson who leaned against the mantel-shelf dazed and stupefied he dragged him into the street to revert to hamar curtis's information had transformed him he was now another creature prior to his conversation with curtis he had suspected at the most that kelson might be contemplating a secret engagement to lilian rosenberg but a hasty marriage a marriage in a few days time he had never dreamt that kelson could be as mad as that it was outrageous it was abominable it was sheer wholesale homicide at all costs the marriage must be stopped and mad with rage hamar dashed out of the hotel and calling a taxi drove direct to lilian rosenberg's flat he found her alone alone and with a strange expression in her eyes an expression he had never noticed in them before she was in the act of examining a magnificent diamond ring you're quite out of breath she said coolly didn't you come up by the lift i've come to talk business hamar panted it's no use looking like that i know your secret my secret lilian rosenberg replied opening her eyes and simulating the greatest unconcern what secret i don't understand oh yes you do hamar said you understand only too well you deceitful minx had i only been smart i should have given you the sack months ago this marriage of yours with kelson shall not come off my marriage with mr kelson lilian rosenberg said turning a trifle pale i really don't know what you're talking about you do hamar shouted his fury rising you do you know all about it you were seen sitting on his knee this morning and all your conversation was overheard i have found out everything and i tell you you shan't marry him i shan't marry him lilian rosenberg said with provoking coolness whoever thinks i want to marry him he does i do hamar shouted his voice rising to a scream you've hoodwinked me long enough you hoodwinked me no longer you've encouraged him from the first made eyes at him every time you've seen him taken advantage of my absence to prowl about the passages to waylay him had him round to your rooms and visited in his you've no sense of shame or honour you've broken your promises to me you're a liar anything else mr hamar lilian rosenberg said her eyes glittering when you've quite finished perhaps you'll kindly go and leave me in peace go leave you in peace hamar shouted damn you curse your impertinence go i'll not budge an inch till i wring from you an oath a solemn binding oath that you'll break off your engagement to kelson at once really mr hamar lilian rosenberg said i cannot put up with quite so much noise will you go or shall i ring for the porter to turn you out she moved in the direction of the bell as she spoke but before she could touch it hamar had intercepted her stop this foolery he said catching hold of her wrist i'm in grim earnest the lives of all three of us are at stake jeopardized through you through your infernal greed and selfishness do you hear please let go my wrist she said quietly i won't he shouted i'll squeeze crush it break it break you too unless you swear to break off your marriage i'll swear nothing lilian rosenberg said faintly you're a brute 
let me go or i'll cry for help she screamed but before she could repeat the scream hamar had her by the throat and then blind with passion and before he fully realized what he was about he had shaken her to and fro like a terrier shakes a rat and dashed her on the floor for some minutes he stood rocking with passion and then his eyes falling on the inanimate form at his feet he gave a great gasping cry and bent over it god in heaven he ejaculated she's dead i've killed her he was still bending over her still feeling her lifeless pulse still trying to resuscitate her feebly wondering how he had killed her feverishly debating the best course to pursue when curtis and kelson burst in on him at the sight of lillian rosenberg's lifeless body both men started back great god hamar curtis gasped what have you done to her nothing hamar said turning a ghastly face to them i-i found her like this liar kelson shouted beside himself with fury liar we heard her scream look at your hands there's blood on them you've killed her before curtis could stop him he sprang at hamar and the next moment both men were rolling on the floor call for the police ed kelson gasped the police or but before he could utter another syllable walls floor and ceiling shook with loud devilish laughter there was then silence enthralling impressive omnipotent silence the electric light went out and the room filled with luminous striped figures end of chapter twenty nine end of the sorcery club by elliot o'donnell read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california